It's time for This Week in WordPress, episode number 177, entitled I Let Out a Bit of Liquid. It was recorded on Monday, the 6th of September, 2021. My name's Nathan Wrigley, and as always, I'll be joined by my co-host, Paul Lacey, but also this week by Rob Cairns, who's on the show for the first time. There's an awful lot to talk about, as there always is. First up, Beaver Builder has got a 2.5 release update. There's absolutely boatloads going on in there, so if you're a Beaver Builder user, look out for that. Also, Automatic has acquired Frontity. It seems that they've done it for the people so that they can invest their time into Gutenberg's UI and UX. We discuss a Justin Tadlock piece over at WP Tavern about the need to market your plugin if you have one, and also how the Gutenberg team contributors are getting organized about their block-based navigation. We also have a bit of a plugin roundup. We talk about a new plugin called Social Ninja. We also talk about Cadence being updated and Elementor. They've got some nice new features for you this week week and then we go on to show some of our pick of the weeks. Mine is all about animals and how funny they can look. Paul's is all about the largest console controller that you can possibly have and Rob is showing us Editor Plus. It's all coming up next on This Week in WordPress. This Week in WordPress was brought to you by AB Split Test. Do you want to set up your A-B split tests in record time? The new A-B split test plugin for WordPress will have you up and running in a couple of minutes. Use your existing pages and test anything against anything else. Buttons, images, headers, rows, anything. And the best part is that it works with Elementor, Beaver Builder and the WordPress block editor. Go check it out and get a free demo at absplittest.com. Hello, hello, hello once more. What day is it? It's Monday, the 6th of September. It's always Monday when we do this show. I should know that bit. But it's uh, the 6th of September. It's this week in WordPress number 177. As always, joined by some some lovely people, Paul Lacey, as as is usual. Um, how are you doing, Paul? Doing all right. I'm too hot for my hat today. It's hot oh. here. Oh. So I'm going to have to... Fortunately, I've cut my hair yesterday. Yeah. So. yeah. You've been cutting that hair so well for so many years now, since, for as long as I've known you. You've uh, done a really stellar job doing the haircut. It's not that hot here, I have to say. I can I could easily get into a complaint about the weather, but I'm not going to um, because we've got better things to do. For example, one of the better things to do is to introduce Rob. Rob Cairns is joining us uh, all the way from, I actually don't know the town or city that you live in, Rob. So where, where are you? Toronto, Ontario, Canada. So there okay. you go. Hi, Nathan. Hey, did, Paul. I did know that. I'd completely forgotten. Um, I don't know if you want to do an introduction for us, Paul. I don't know if there was anything in the, the show notes there. There is. Do you there want is. To the intro? Go for it. Indeed. Yeah. So I know Rob mainly from Facebook and Twitter. And uh, and this is the first time we've spoken in voice mode or video mode or anything, which is probably long, long overdue. Yeah. And uh, really pleased to meet you, Rob, properly. And um, so in terms of who you are, according to your bio here, you are the chief creator of amazing ideas at Stunning Digital Marketing and the host and creator of the SDM Show podcast. 
And um, so could you tell us uh, what does SDM stand for? I'm guessing that M is marketing, but... Um... SDM short for Stunning Digital Marketing Podcast, so... Well, that makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We're off, we're off to a great start, aren't we? We've already talked about the weather and put my off, skills of observation <laughs> are just on fire today. So. It's going to be a day. <laughs> yeah, it, it is going to be one of those days. During the like the pre the preamble to the show before we click live, Rob's um, Rob's connection sort of dropped in and out a bit, so we'll we'll be mindful of that. If um, if Rob has to disappear for a minute he knows that he can come back but uh we'll carry on um yeah. regardless the chat is going absolutely ballistic already that's oh, wow it's never normally this busy uh i wonder if somebody's accidentally put their cat on the return key and it's just constantly <laughs> putting stuff in but there seems to be an awful lot going on before i get stuck into that though a few bits and pieces bits bits of housekeeping uh we'd very much like it for you to make uh comments as we talk about things during the show if you're in our facebook group which a proportion of you i'm sure will be you need to go to chat.restream.io forward slash fb and if you go there you can give restream which is the platform that we use you can give them permission to uh, to, to let us know who you are it'll show us your avatar and it'll show us your name otherwise you just come across as this anonymous facebook icon and it just says something like facebook user so i would encourage you to do that and if you uh, want to make a comment just dr drop it in there we'll show a proportion of them as the day uh, as the hour or so goes on that'd be really nice and let's see who's in the house already yeah here's a perfect example this is a, a, a we've got a facebook user here and i can't see who you are that's kind of curious i can't i can't make some of these uh, go live because they appear to be just made up of icons so somebody is sharing like cat emojis and things like that and it would appear if, if there's no text in your message that's a new one if there's no text in your message i can't show it so um let's have a look who have we got here it looks like davinda might be here davinda where are your thumbs i don't know what that means uh mia maya longcar from godaddy she's joining us thank you very much uh, i made a comment about paul's hair earlier and uh this facebook user is uh, is enjoying paul's hair but uh anyways a whole bunch <laughs> in there Oh, and Some, Todd. Somebody else is not enjoying my hair and says oh. uh, that they can't, they're, they're struggling to cope without the cap. So if I, if I did this, would that help? And you could just, <laughs> you could just imagine that it's there. Yeah. Um, so what Paul's done, for those of you listening to this, Paul has just sort of moved his camera so that he's cut off at the eyes. Anything above the eyes is off the screen. Yeah, that's, that's great. That looks yeah, that's better. That's fine. But if you feel like going and getting your hat, that's fine. Um, this is a nice comment. It just says, Rob is stunning. What a yeah. nice thing for somebody to write, whoever that Thank is. Thank you. you that's lovely. And someone else has yeah. said, Rob is awesome. So oh. there's definitely some Rob love coming here. Good grief. Hey. Yeah, okay. <laughs> that's great. Well, let's get stuck into the news for this week, uh, if that's all right with you guys. As I said, keep the comments coming. Actually, if you feel like it, just whilst you're doing whatever you do, and I imagine most of you are watching this at the same time as doing work in the background and so on, just pause what you're doing for a second. Take the link, wpbuilds.com forward slash live. Go and chuck it in Facebook. See if you can get a bunch of other people to, to drop into our chat whilst this is going on. We never say that. And I always think at the end, I should have said, go and share it whilst we're actually live. But uh, I'm not very good at marketing. So there we go. Right. Let's share the screen. This is our website, wpbuilds.com. If you fancy keeping in touch with the stuff that we do, go to this little box here, fill out the subscribe box and we'll keep you keep you abreast of everything that we produce each week. We do this on a Monday, 
podcast on a Thursday and, you know, a few bits and pieces as the week goes on sometimes as well. We've got a load of stuff for you this week, more than is typical. So we'll try and get through as much of it as we can. We've cherry picked what we think are the, the finer bits of WordPress news for the week. And the first one, it probably should go to the top of that piece. I'm going to throw this one straight in Paul's lap because uh, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if Rob, you noticed this. Look, Paul gets an actual mention in this piece somewhere. Look, look, his name is is in this piece right there because he uh, <laughs> he helps he helps the Beaver Builder crew with yeah. their stuff. And this is all about Beaver Builder. What's going on here, Paul? Well, <laughs> first of all, I'm just laughing at uh, Matt Davies' comment. I feel really sorry for Paul's head needing glasses. Didn't realize you could have follicles that struggled with their own vision. And that is, for the people listening, that's because I had the glasses on my head uh, like that. And, uh, do, you remember, so, do you remember that character in The Muppets called Skeeter? I think he was called yeah. Skeeter. He had, yeah, yeah. He, he had glasses which contained his eyes. And if he yeah. moved his glasses up his eyes, his eyes yeah. went with it. And he had eyebrows attached above his glasses. He looked a bit like Skeeter for a minute. Anyway, so Yeah, well, thanks. That's a, that's a real compliment there. Thanks for that, Nathan. <laughs> for anyone who wants to check what Skeeter looks like. Um, okay, so yeah, so there's a new update for Beaver Builder. They've been working hard in the background on version. 2.2 and uh, there's a few things that cross over with some of the other tools that we cover on here as well so the first one uh, the first thing that they're announcing in this post on the beaver builder um, wpbeaverbuilder.com website is the new thing they're calling the outline panel and this is something that you'll see on some of the other tools i'm pretty sure elementor has this or something similar to it and i'm pretty sure oxygen has this and Gutenberg has something similar to this too. Uh, it's definitely worth, if anyone is using Beaver Builder, going to this post and just checking like the two minute video on how this particular thing works because um, I was using the beta, the alpha and the beta of this from the beginning from when they uh, started working on this and it's seen so many improvements while it was in the alpha and the beta phase, just the ability to drag things around. What you can't see in this screenshot but you do see in the video and obviously using it is that you can collapse different things so that you can uh, really make it so that you're just focusing on what you're looking at in that tree structure there. Uh, you can also cl just click on any of the elements there and the, the page will scroll to where that element is in the page. So it's really good for um, finding some, some of those things if you're not sure which, which one that you're looking at. Another thing that you can do that's really cool is for any of the rows or the elements, you can give them your own label. So for instance, if you want to, instead of it just at the top, just saying row, you can call that your hero banner row or whatever you want to do in there or your page title, all those different things, key image. And if you've got some hidden items as well, you can label them as hidden and that kind of thing. So you can really organize your page nicely in there and drag things around. So I think that's a really welcome addition for Beaver Builder users. Uh, the thing that I've been working on, which is mentioned next in the post, is a new set of templates in Beaver Builder. Now, Beaver Builder isn't a plugin that um, their team actually doesn't want to put hundreds of templates in the Beaver Builder plugin so that it doesn't end up being a big file and bloated with lots of stuff that, that you don't need. Um, they have a different idea on how to deliver templates, which we'll come on to in a minute. So I did uh, recently, one of the things I did with them was a bunch of templates. It was about 20 or so templates. And they chose 10 of those to put into the latest uh, version under the Pro set. Uh, as I built these templates, I obviously know a little bit about them and built them to be uh, 
very much pages that you would need in everyday situations. So the two landing pages that you've got there is a home and a landing page. Uh, Nathan, if you could just scroll down just slightly so I can remember what I actually did. Um, and then other pages, for instance, like services, about page, contact page, FAQs, case study page, regular page, webinar, um, special offer, download. So you've got things like all the sort of templates that you typically use in a funnel. Uh, so that you would be able to just modify those and reuse them for whatever styles that you wanted. So there's a there's a bunch of templates in there now. I don't think that they'll be, even though I'm working on templates with Beaver Builder, I'm working on those more for the assistant plugin that they're, um, they're coming up with. Um, another nice little feature in there, if you remember recently in WordPress in the media library, there was a feature whereby you could uh, press a button, it would copy the URL of the... Um, of the, the media item that you were looking at, which I've found really, really useful actually. Uh, Beaver Builder have put something similar into this whereby, um, I've skipped one here, I'll come back to that duplicate one actually. Um, oh, okay. So they've, they've put a, a feature in here so that if you're creating saved rows or saved modules and you're viewing that in the back end, you can just press a button that copies that short code and so that you can use that short code in any of your content to insert that saved module which is super useful actually for me anyway, because I'm always forgetting what the exact syntax is for the shortcodes and having to check the documentation. So now, now we don't need to, we can just copy and paste that. Uh, the thing that Nathan is looking at at the moment is the new duplicate page or post functionality. I don't really understand the full need for this, but for what I believe, what, am I, what I'm led to believe is that um, most of the duplicate post or page plugins off, often have problems with page builders. Yeah, they do. I'm not, the, I'm not, yeah, I'm not exactly sure what, what those problems are, but apparently they do. So Beaver Builder have created their own duplicate page or post functionality. It doesn't matter what taxonomy or custom post type you're in. And it will copy and it will duplicate that post in a way that works perfectly with Beaver Builder. Um, it, they've also done a kind of fallback here so that if you are using another duplicate page or post plugin, the, the button that you press when you're when a page is done in Beaver Builder will use their functionality rather than the other plugin that you've got installed. So if you're using a Gutenberg post, it will use the Yoast duplicate post plugin, for instance. Yep. Yep. But if you're if you if that particular thing that you're duplicating is a Beaver Builder layout, it will override that and use its own functionality there. Oh, that's and, cool. That's yeah. really nice. Yeah. Um also, also, they recently employed um, a content creator for you, for their YouTube channel. Uh, the last couple of months, they've been pushing out a YouTube channel every week. Um, the person that was uh, hired uh, is a was a, a YouTuber called um, Jennifer Franklin, who's a designer and a YouTuber. She's been pushing out tons of videos, which they're using primarily to begin with to put into all their documentation. Beaver Build is quite well known for its good documentation. So in addition to the text-based documentation, Jennifer is doing these little videos that go with that, but obviously they're going out on the YouTube channel as well. And I think that once the documentation is kind of complete, then they'll start doing more how-to videos for everyday use and more um, workshops and that kind of stuff. Then finally, a couple of things, they've updated some uh, modules, some key ones of note is the menu module, which within Beaver Builder was probably not as good as it could have been. Um, and it, it, what we found is when I was doing these templates, some of the templates I've been doing for Assistant are full site templates. So they have headers and footers, and obviously those headers and footers include menus. And in using that, I found that without CSS, I couldn't achieve some of the simple things that everyday users would need to do. So myself and other people were able to feedback and 
the menu module as a result has been vastly updated to have all the mobile control you need over things like sub sub nav whether you're using the the menu in the footer or the header having appropriate settings for those different places or sidebars etc so that's been uh, vastly improved and then finally the other one that's worth noting uh mentioning is the pricing table module and one of the nice things that's been added to that it's been brought up to date with the styling options with the more modern modules and secondly a really useful feature uh, that people ask for all the time in pricing tables is that kind of switcher. So you can say, hey, I want to show what the prices are in monthly and yearly or whatever the two different options might be, um, daily or weekly or whatever. You've got a toggle where you can have different settings for different um, different things. So that's the Beaver Builder update. Then the other big update that they're mentioning is uh, Assistant Pro is launching very, very soon. It's probably not worth mentioning too much about it because when they launch, all the information they want to release will be with that. But they're just mentioning in this post that Assistant Pro is coming soon. They figured out the pricing that they want to do. They're happy with the stability of the pro, the pro version of the plugin and more on that later. And then, sorry, there is one more thing in this post. It was a really big post by Beaverbird, actually. Uh, just some stuff on the... Um, success that some of the people have been having with the performance tests on Beaver Builder. So Cloudways recently did a blog uh, showing their platform with different page builders. Beaver Builder did quite well with that. Um, and then they do credit our friend David Wormsley, who's been doing a series of YouTube videos about performance specifically with Beaver Builder, showing how you can hit those uh, top scores on mobile and on desktop on Google PageSpeed Insights without even using things like the, the caching plugins and all of those all those kind of things. He's David's been kind of showing us how, to be honest, you could apply this to any page builder as well, um, how to get the good scores by doing good practice, no matter what tools you're using, but specifically with Beaver Builder. So I think I think that's it from the, uh, the Beaver Builder update. So it's a big one. Sorry if you're not using Beaver Builder and you have to sit through that, but... Um, Anyone who is, then it's the 2.5 is out and it's definitely worth checking out the new stuff in there. Yeah, there is a lot in mm. there, isn't there? And also really nice that you've uh, got the the inside track on all of that. Nice yeah. looking templates, by the way. Uh, somebody said. They've got some much. great stuff coming up, honestly. I can't say much about it, but. Yeah, um, that's okay. We understand. Some, some cool uh, stuff we'll, coming. Uh, we'll try and trip you up and make you say things <laughs> during the course of the podcast. But whoever that is, Facebook user, uh, is saying awesome work. So great. Mm, thank you. I am very excited about the um, whatever that thing is called, you know, the outline panel. That seems to me like yeah. a really amazing addition. The, the thing about that is, is that it would be really worth the, the the Gutenberg team looking at this, looking at the Oxygen one, looking at the Elemental one that I believe exists and seeing what's right about them, using them and seeing what feels good. Because like I say, when I saw this in the alpha version, it wasn't that useful. It was more of just a visual guide to what your page looked like. And then by the end, there's collapsing, reordering, duplicating, um, you know, right click one of those elements and click on the settings straight into the settings without having to find it on the page. All this super useful workflow stuff that the beta testing team, which isn't an official team, it's just volunteers who are interested, feedback and, and put those improvements in. So I don't know what the state of the one in Gutenberg is at the moment, but uh i'm sure there's some good stuff in here that they could uh look at to get some yeah inspiration. there's a few it's been updated recently hasn't it yeah and it, it does a lot more than it once did i don't know if rob is a uh, user of beaver builder or if that was all just sort of you know just going over your head or do you 
Do you dabble in beaver no, building? No, I, I dabble. I dabble in it a bit, Nathan. It's not my page builder choice. I tend to lately either flock to Elementor or Oxygen, but as we were talking in the pre-show, I'm actually all in with Gutenberg right now, so I'm kind of throwing all my time in that spot. So I'm not using it as much as I used to. That's mm. that's good. Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of improvements going on in there, but I like it. And it's also so nice, Paul, to see you cropping up in the in the actual news that we're talking about. That's cool. Mm. Uh, that's really nice. Yeah, and David Wormsley as well. That's uh, that's also really nice to uh, two people. Who, the WP builds massive. Well, apart from the fact that I don't get mentioned anywhere and yeah. never will in all likelihood. They were going to mention you, but I told them to leave you that's, Well, thank you. That was very good yeah, of said you. said you didn't deserve, deserve it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, okay, <laughs> so that's great. Loads of Beaver Builder news. Big release and... Uh, Rejoice if you are a Beaver Builder user. There's tons of you for you to go and check out. You were talking earlier about whether or not the Gutenberg team can make use of things like Beaver Builder. And we'll get to a piece uh, in just a moment. Well, in fact, right now, which might kind of link into that because this happened during the last week. The the guys over at Automatic have acquired Frontity, which um, which was a sort of React-based framework for for yeah. building out. Well, it says here it's a, an open source framework for building WordPress themes with with React. Now, what's curious about this is they've in the in the piece that I'm looking at here on WP Tavern. There's no mention of how much changed hands or anything like that. It's just that these guys have been bought and then instantly repurposed. So they haven't been bought to carry on working on Frontity. In fact. Frontity, as we know it, has sort of gone to be an open source community-driven project, no longer being driven by the two guys on the screen. I should mention their names. Uh, their names are Pablo Postigo and Louis Herans. And, um, and they've been taken on by the automatic team and instantly deployed <coughs> to at the Gutenberg UI. And and it kind of seems like, Paul, you and I have been banging on about Gutenberg and the UI and whether it's any good and da-da-da. It just, you know, it's like a scratched record. And um, and one of the things that we keep saying privately more than publicly is, wouldn't it be good if they just hired some real experts and put them to the, you know, got them to sit on the wheel and grind it out? And uh, And it appears that's what they're doing. So for my part, this is really good news. We've got a couple of couple of guys who've now got the responsibility to go out and figure out what is next for Gutenberg. How should it all look? What should the UI be like? What should the UX be like? And it seems like they've got a real track record in making things like this work. So there you go. Fascinating news. I'll I'll chuck it over to Paul first, Rob, if that's all right, because we've been going on about this for so long. I just wanted to get his thoughts. Sure. Uh, so what, what it is, uh, Frontity is kind of above my pay scale. I have no idea. What it does, I mean, I, I've read what it does, but I don't understand how I would use it or anything like that. So yeah, what I take from it is that the two, these two chaps are very clever and very skilled and a fantastic addition to the team at Automatic to work on the Gutenberg project. And like you said, Nathan, uh, they, they, I just get the impression that they are going to fill some skill gaps um, in terms of they are using React to create real-world websites at a high level. I think that their 
I think Frontity powers TikTok or something crazy like that. Yeah, it's a kind of TikTok community channel somewhere, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, so um, I think uh, a lot of the comments that I've seen online are tending to sort of say this is more of a a person acquisition rather than a um, piece of software acquisition because Automatic have said that they're going to turn Frontity into a community project, which... I think means probably more or less the end of Frontity as it was, because you're just taking the two kind of geniuses behind it. And but again, that's there's a certain element of my own ignorance into understanding who has worked on Frontity and and what happens if you take those two people out. Now, what's interesting though is I've I've seen zero pushback on what my initial reaction to something like that was going to be, which would be. My initial reaction was, oh my gosh, they're they're shelving Frontity and taking the people. There's going to be a big, a lot of people upset about this. And all I've seen is positiveness about this, about the two chaps who've moved to Automatic and basically, you know, achieved their goals and become hugely successful as a result of this. And it will now get to be lead players on a really big uh, project. So, I think it's super good news for the Gutenberg team. As for what they're going to be working on, I wouldn't be surprised if they're working on things like WooCommerce. I know that it says that they're working on the Gutenberg project, but I, I feel like they would be—they seem like people who would be wasted to not be working on things like WooCommerce blocks or things like when uh, when Automatic acquires things like um, what's that blog thing that they acquired the. Uh, Oh, uh, Tumblr? Tumblr, yeah, Tumblr. So kind of, you can Tumblr. imagine kind of app-type front-end themes that are not for brochure websites. They're kind of like functional web apps using the Gutenberg editor. I could see that kind of thing that they're working on, stuff that we don't really know about yet. But like I say, the nice thing about it was that there was no pushback. It was all good wishes, even on Twitter, where you would expect to see some cynic- cynicism, um, but there was none. So, uh, good acquisition of skills by automatic there, I think. Uh, Rob, it's now very important that you are very cynical about this because mm. just to give it some balance. <laughs> no, you must be delighted well, if you're well, going I'm, all in on I'm, Gutenberg. I, I am delighted because this is a this is definitely a people acquisition for knowledge more than anything else. So I agree with Paul that the that they acquired frontity for the people involved and in the tech space we acquire people for two reasons for people or technology i think this is a people buy changing the ui for me is a big deal in gutenberg so i i personally think wordpress is an automatic headed in the in the right space with this now a lot of people are going to be cynical and say here we go again automatic and matter acquiring more things to take more control but I think what we're seeing is a maturity in the space with all these acquisitions going on. So I think this is a really big deal and a good deal for Automatic because of that. Yeah, I'm just going to quote um, from the the piece itself. I might as well put it on the screen while I do that. It says, uh, so this is coming from the guys from Frontity. After a series of conversations, Automatic offered to sponsor our team to work directly on the WordPress open source project, uh, in particular to contribute our expertise in developer experience, front-end tooling, performance, and UX to the WordPress core itself instead of only doing it for an external tool. So, yeah, I think we're fairly confident that that is what's going to happen. And then further down in the article, this yeah. is also worth mentioning. 
of some more. So this isn't people being sort of acquired as such. This is people who have been given work uh, in and around the, the Gutenberg projects because we now have a new uh, head of d- developer relations. Hopefully I'll have her on the podcast at some point very soon. But also friend of the podcast, she's been on the show a number of times, uh, Birgit Pauli Hack has been taken on um, to, uh, she's now become a part of the automatic team. Uh, and it says here is also sponsoring, automatic is also sponsoring her curation of the Gutenberg Times publication and the Changelog podcast, which is just great. So that publication can keep going and, and she's been yep. taken on as well. So bravo. Congratulations, uh, Birgit. Well done. Um, that's great. So all, all in all, it looks like the thing that we were saying we wish would happen, Paul, investment in the the, the Gutenberg project UX. seems to be going on. Yeah. Yeah. They need they, The project needs an injection of UX knowledge and skills. And the fact that those guys have that, plus they are also expert developers in React is can only be a good thing for WordPress as far as I can tell. This is curious as well. I mean, the Frontity hasn't been around all that long, but already they had already received 1 million euros in funding, um, which is 20% astonishing. of that was from Automatic as well. As yeah, that, yeah, I think it was tw- yeah 20 mm. something. Yeah, you're right. So anyway, there we go. Nice bit of news. Let's uh, let's crack on. Uh, just go. one thing before oh. we move on. There seems sure. to be like a, a pattern of automatic kind of almost donating money to tech and then later later on acquiring them. I think the same happened with Castos. Or, yeah. I don't know. Did they acquire Castos or they've they've just No, they in, they invested in Castos. Right, right, actually. Yeah. So that's not a trend. Actually, they, they, forget all that. They invested in <laughs> Paul, they invested in Castos, and the podcast uh, entity they acquired was Pockets, right? Yes. Uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, which is my my tool of choice for listening to podcasts. I actually subscribed for the first time. I've been using rival services. Sub- subscribed to Spotify, and started using that as a podcast interface, and then quickly realized actually I prefer Pocket Cast. So I was right back to Pocket Cast within a just a matter of weeks, and it's just great yep. it's just really really great if you've not used it pocket cast for the win uh i think they've mm-hmm. got a premium version but i think you can download a free version it's well worth checking out okay um next piece then is ooh, where have we all gone there we are back on the screen this is this is just a piece i just thought was really interesting uh more wp tavern stuff this is just in tadlock just found this fascinating sabrina and i got sort of most of the way through a series of podcast sabrina zidane and i got through a series of podcasts last year where we were trying to talk about how it might be that you would promote your uh, your plugin and i just thought this was a really interesting piece justin writing this week a piece finally finishing a piece that he's had in the draft folder of wordpress tavern for many many months and he's finally committed to publishing it because of some things that happened and commentary that came in. But just, I I see this quite a bit, you know, plugins languishing in the WordPress repo that do a stellar job of whatever it is that they're designed to do. But also kind of, when I say languishing, you know, they're there, they're doing what they're supposed to do, but nobody really knows about them. And I feel a little bit, a little bit sad in some respects that there are so many plugins because it does mean that if you put something out there and haven't got the the capacity, the time, the interest to promote it, it is quite likely that it won't be discoverable. So that's what this piece was all about. He linked up with um, with Bridget um, Bridget Willard to to sort of talk about how you might 
publish your um, product, your plugin. I don't really know if anybody's got anything to say about this. Probably not because none. I don't know if Rob's got a plugin, but I just thought it was a nice little piece worth mentioning. Uh, if you are producing plugins, it's essentially it's saying don't just put it in the repo and say enough, I'm done. If you want it to be successful, you've got to get out there and market it. Paul, Rob, I don't know if you've got anything on that. I would say, uh, Nathan, so, sorry, Paul. I would say you if you're going to market anything, not just a plugin, you should jump out and market it properly and not just throw it out there. That's really my take on it. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree, actually. I think the biggest takeaway from this post is uh, Bridget Willard's book, which I've not read. I've not got any plans to create a plugin. But the fact that there is a guide rather than nothing uh, out there that if you launch a plugin that you can follow because there's all sorts of guides out there for how to launch a course or how to launch a digital product like a book or some a digital book or something like that. There's plenty of guides to that. And if you've ever seen them, then you know that um, they're quite structured. Um, for instance, our friend uh, Dave Foy, he you know is a very successful course creator these days. And... Um, and I was there at the beginning with him when he was creating his first course. And Nathan, you were there as well when he was showing us the process he was going through. And I think I've said it before that I think a lot of us in this little mastermind where we all used to be t uh, together in, with myself and Nathan and Dave Foy and a few other people all had this idea, yeah, I'm going to make a course. I'm going to make a course too. We're all going to make a course. And then we saw what Dave Foy actually did I'm not going to be successful <laughs> and none of us wanted to make a course anymore and I think that it just shows that there's a lot of hard work to going into marketing these things um I know uh Rob you you're well into the whole personal brand thing because you've got a very good personal brand so I assume you're into the whole personal brand thing and it goes back as well to the previous Thanks. um item where uh Birgit, not Bridget uh, but Birgit has landed a position at automatic after um, being a, a very kind of um, popular podcaster within the whole Gutenberg and the Gutenberg and blog project space. And I think it was Matt Mullenweg a while ago, he got kind of criticized for it, but it was taken a little bit out of context in some ways was saying, um, if you want to get into a particular area, then contributing to the open source side of that is a good idea. And I think big is an is a is an example of that because she's landed a, a great job that I assume she's very happy about. And she wouldn't have, you know, been in the situation to get that job if she hadn't done the contributing and building up her personal brand in the meantime. So I'm not sure what Bridget's book talks about, if it talks about personal branding and stuff like that, but I bet it does. And I think if anyone is launching a, a plugin, and I know that some of the listeners and viewers do have plugins, it's probably worth the $10 for the digital version of that book or the $20 for the, the printed version of that book just to see if there's a, a kind of um, a, a route that you can take to to try and launch something and maybe one day get acquired and cash out. Um, and it was Sabrina who is in the comments now. That's nice to see you, Sabrina. Um, she mentioned that there's the link. 
you, you have to just take that off the screen, I'm afraid. You can't link to it. Or if you're in the Facebook group, bridgetwillard.com forward slash how to market your plugin, all hyphenated. So there you go. Yeah. Nice piece. All right. Shall we move on? Mm-hmm. Okie doke. Let's go to this one. Um, ah, mm-hmm. now then. I think this is quite an interesting piece. <laughs> So again, harking back to things, triggered. I no, no, because I'm going to show you the spreadsheet. <laughs> okay. The um, we've we've been going backwards and forwards, <laughs> Paul and I, about about the um, about the WordPress community and how. Last week we talked. There was a piece where you know it, it's difficult for people to contribute, and people were, in the piece that we mentioned last week were kind of saying that only those people who've got the time and the energy can push the project forward and so on. And I just found this piece really interesting. So Sarah Gooding, it's called Gutenberg Contributes. Contributors get organized to to move block-based navigation forward. And honestly, the block-based navigation bit isn't the reason I picked this, although it's an interesting subject and you can figure out what's going on with the block-based navigation. It just... it just sort of occurred to me how much stuff goes on in the project that you never ever see unless you're part of it. So just a little bit of the way down after Sarah mentions the fact that there was a hallway hangout meeting where people try to reinvigorate what was basic dead project. This block-based navigation had totally fallen out of favor and people weren't um, weren't doing anything about it. They decided that they needed to resurrect it. And so they put this meeting together and then they threw together a public Google Doc, which I'm now showing on the screen. And this to me is a perfect illustration of the level of detail that is that is going on in the background in these little Slack channels, in these little um, these little community gatherings, this hangout that people did, and this is people addressing what needs to happen to get the the block based navigation working. This isn't what we're gonna do. This is more right. Here's where we're at. This is this is us prioritizing in the future what we're gonna do, and it's all of these little things that I don't often see because I don't contribute to core and what have you. But, there, were, you know, there's all this kind of, well, Gutenberg's not doing what I want it to do, you know. Um, you, nobody's listening to us and so on. And this, this just for me exemplifies people are listening if you've got the capacity to join in um, and you know when these meetings are happening and you can cope with the channels that they put these meetings out in. So, Paul, have you, did I trigger you? Sorry. <laughs> Uh, Gutenberg triggers me generally. So. <laughs> <laughs> I'm proud of La Resistance. <laughs> you want it? Do you? Do, what do you David think, Walmsley. Do you, yeah. Do you, do you do you see this as like? It, to me, it's really demonstrative that people are trying ever so hard to make it all work. It just just doesn't seem to fall out the way that that you know that our page builders have managed to do it with with such a plum over the last few mm. years. Um, I think uh, the. It's great that um, the effort is going into uh, communicating with the, doc, the Google Doc and all that sort of stuff. I did put a comment on that post, and Justin Tadlock did um, agree with me in his response. And all, all I said was that the uh, it would be great if the the approach to navigation was not beginning with let's how do we do this in blocks. So it doesn't necessarily have to be in blocks. Sometimes some elements on a website are better if they're pre-produced in an appropriate user interface. So, for instance, 
you wouldn't try to make a YouTube video out of blocks. You would clearly make the YouTube video using video editing tools. I know this is an extreme example, but and then you would put the the video the finished video inside the inside the block. So my comment on the on the post was that I I don't know if they're struggling through trying to put a square peg in a round hole for the navigation. That said, if they do manage to pull it off, there's some really good reasons that would benefit having um, navigation as blocks. And and those are things, for example, uh, which we'll come to in the Elementor post in a minute. Let's say you've got a navigation and then you want something like a mini cart at the end, like a, but that's got some good functionality in it. Then if the whole navigation set is built out of blocks, then if the block exists that is a mini cart, that can go in any navigation, then it can go in that navigation, that block-based navigation. So it they are they seem to be going towards uh you know the the idea that you could do almost anything with navigation, which is a good a good thing to aim for. But I I, I think they're really fighting a difficult battle trying to get block-based navigation working properly. And you know, good luck to them. I hope they pull it off. But my comment was just it would be cool if you kind of had the conversation first, whether is this the right thing to even do and to give them due credit, whoever they are. Um, maybe they did, maybe they did have that idea, but I do tend to see with the Gutenberg project that it's kind of like, right, how do we do this with blocks? You know, and I feel like if you went to, I know it's a distributed company, but if you went to like automatics headquarters if they did have one and there was a machine where you could buy chocolate and crisps and chips and stuff like that that the interface you know they'd be trying to make that interface out of blocks as well <laughs> you know so 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 i just as a little bit of I, I see why they're doing it but it's just um because from what i've seen of the the block-based navigation so far it's it's kind of backwards yeah yeah yeah, the, the controversial, there's a block for that mentality, yeah. which is going to sort of yeah. pervade in the future. Yeah, maybe some things are best left not as blocks. Any thoughts on this one, Rob? Um, yeah, I tend to agree with you, Nathan. I, even though I'm all in with Gutenberg, I think there's some things that are better with box and some things that are not as good with box. And I think navigation really at this point in time doesn't fit well into the block model. So I'm kind of in a wait and see mode with this one personally. So yeah, that's where I yeah, stand. Yeah. Okay. Mm. All righty. We got another one for you. Um, we're going to go and do a little roundup of some plugins, some of them brand new. Uh, we don't usually do it this way. We don't normally feature plugins, but there were like quite a few bits this week. There were five or six that I thought, Oh, this is interesting. There's quite a lot of updating going on, so I thought I'd just mention in a plug-in section. At this point, we should have some sort of jingle which says plug-in section or something really terrible like that. <laughs> uh, I challenge anybody to come up with a e plug-in section jingle. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that was about as badly done as it could be. Never mind. Let's press on. So first one is this. This is a new one. It's um, by the guys who do Fluent Forms and... Uh, what's the other thing? Fluent, the fluent, fluent guys. CRM, fluent That's CRM, cool. and they've also got a fluent SMTP CRM plugin as well. Yes, this one's called WP Social Ninja. So they're dropping the fluent bit, 
And um, and it's not out yet. And it's um, it's exactly what you'd expect. It's a social media posting thing. You can show your social feeds. You can embed a social chat widget, which you know something like Facebook Messenger, I guess, and all that kind of stuff. And um, and it appears that they're looking for people to subscribe to what will then become an email list, offering you a lifetime deal. Um, I I. I don't really have one plugin that does all of this kind of stuff. If I do social posting, it tends to go out to SaaS apps that do all of this. But anyway, I like those guys. They, I really like the stuff that they've produced in the past. So when this came into my inbox, I thought I'd add it. It's um, wpsocialninja.com, and there's nothing there yet. But they're doing a pre-sale to get you into a lifetime deal. So that's the first one. I don't think anybody's going to talk about that, are they, except me. So I might as well just... Push on to the next one. Um, I quite like this one, actually. Uh, oh, okay, please. Yeah, I mean, um, just uh, I've looked through the website and I'm always interested with what um, that particular company are pushing out because they always seem to do a really good job of looking at stuff that's out there but could be improved upon. And then they, they genuinely yeah. improve upon it and they seem like they have a really stable setup for you know, managing bugs and support and all that kind of stuff. But I think when I saw this announced, I was just like, is this just another social sharing plugin? You know, is it another one? And it's actually not. It's um, it's probably got social sharing in it. I couldn't actually see anything about social sharing. Uh, but social sharing is where you kind of got your website content and you're pushing it out to social media. But almost everything on this is about pulling social in. So for instance, you've got uh, reviews from all sorts of different places. Google reviews, I think. Um, I forget what's the uh, what's the one where you hire houses. You know what's that called? Oh, Airbnb. That Airbnb. One. Yeah. yeah, I think Airbnb might be in there and TripAdvisor. Oh, it is. Yeah, and yeah, it is, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um, pulling in different feeds from YouTube and eventually Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Um, chat from different form. Uh, so, messen- Facebook Messenger, WhatsApp, and telegram so there's some seriously powerful um engagement tools there that we often see as SaaS apps but within wordpress and we don't know how much it's going to cost i'm sure there's i'm not in any of those facebook groups anymore where everyone's kind of got an inside track on that i i don't know how much it's going to cost but it looks pretty powerful and i'm i'm interested in i've put my email address in there um I think yeah. that this sort of thing probably does exist, but probably in places like the Envato um, networks, So, which I tend not to buy plugins from those sort of places. So um, so if I was going to get something like this, these guys would be who I'd be happy to buy it from. Mm, I'm interested yeah, to see what the cost stuff. is. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, anyway, you'll, you'll find out in your email. Do you ever use anything like this, Rob? Is it, oh, your streets kind of thing you'd submit your email for yeah i i do sometimes nathan i tend to go to more SaaS apps when i'm doing multiple posts so that's kind of been my take but i i really like the guys uh, this group at so uh, you know the ninja guys and i really like the type of stuff they do so i would probably check this out it all depends on what the pricing is going to be um yeah the other thing we've got to be really careful of is the whole LTD model. I, I, I hate to go here, but I want, I'm going to. I want this plugin to be sustainable. And if we offer too many lifetime deals in the long run, will it be sustainable? And will they run out of money to develop it? So we've got to, we got to find a balance here too. So 
Yeah. And that's a concern of mine all the time. I'm curious as to how much of this product exists, if you know what I mean, or uh, as opposed to how much of it is yeah. this is what we're going to build um, based upon mm. the amount of lifetime deal subscribers that come along, you know, whether the lifetime deal people are in effect paying for the the first first round of development to get it done. Um, Shahaj and Jewel will probably be able to tell us. I don't think he's in the show at, at the minute, but you never know. He might somehow be able to reach out to us and let us know. But yeah, really very confident in their ability to pull this kind of thing thing off. They do have a history of doing a yeah. limited time lifetime deal. So with the Fluent Forms, they I can't remember how long it went on for, but the pricing was pretty good for several months and then they put it to subscription. And I think it continues to, to work very well as a subscription model. So maybe it's just a a mechanism for getting some cash. But I do, it, is, it is interesting. I, I never make use of any of these things, Paul, that you were mentioning, you know, like the Airbnb no. and, and the TripAdvisor. But, you know, if you're in that niche, if you're, I don't know, you are selling, I don't know, you want to rent your house out for the summer holidays and you, Airbnb is the way that you've decided to do it and you've got genuine reviews on there which can help you out and sell it for those that period of time. Mm. This sort of stuff's great. I think any um, business, that any any agency, for instance, or freelancer that's working regularly with companies that, uh, that are kind of small B2C type companies, cafes, restaurants, um, service industry, that kind of stuff, this, this feels like a really good... Um, set of tools for people but i totally agree with rob as well about the lifetime deal model and uh, i'd probably even like build on build on what rob said just that it felt being sort of um seeing what's going on in the industry a lot from studying the news and everything and the acquisitions and everything it feels like there's never a time than now that it's been more important to be mindful of the things that you're buying and the plans Mm -hmm. that you've got to do with those tools uh, that the industry is a little bit volatile and and that there is the the problem with the not pricing these products high enough starts all the way back at the the repo where you have these you know developers creating plugins for free and not really knowing how to market them and it takes a different type of mind than the the kind of minds that come up with these kind of products sometimes to market these products really, really well. I mean, you look at a, a success story would be someone like Vito Peleg, who had, you know, he's now got, he's got his product Atarim. And, you know, he, he was, he got into web development, but prior to that, he was a rock star and he was marketing his own rock band. And so he kind of got some skills before that and he knew how to, you know, get street teams going and marketing his product for him. Not everybody knows how to do that. So when you see these products coming out that sometimes, not saying this one, but you do see a lot of copycat products recently, and this is a pretty unique product, but you see a lot of copycat products released and you think, oh, that's a great deal. That's cheaper than Gravity Forms or whatever it might be. But that product just simply might not exist for a while. And then Brian Gardner, who we've had on this plugin, uh, this, this this show a few, <laughs> this show a few times, I, I listened to a podcast with him recently saying that it genuinely is a thing in the industry now that if you're building a plugin or a product within the WordPress space, the majority of people that are doing it with new products and launching it to actual the pro market are doing it to try and get acquired. So a lot of the time they don't even have a long term plan for sustainability, like Rob was talking about. They're hoping that yeah. somebody just buys them out. And if that doesn't work out for them, then 
they probably move to another product. And again, not saying that um, Dopey Managed Ninja do that. I don't think they do. I think they've got, I think they're an exception. I think they have got a good business plan from what I can tell. Uh, But it's just kind of like buyer beware time at the moment, I would say. Yeah, it's it's a scary time, Paul. I think think we're at a point right now where we're, watching the big plug-in shops. And I think of guys like Liquid Web and look what they're doing right now. They're running around buying up people. And we got to start being really mindful of that because I think we're going to end up with five or six big plug-in super shops. The thing I'd like yeah. to add is you were talking about people building stuff in the repo for free. I think we got to get off this mode that everything in the WordPress community is for free and we got to start charging what we're worth. And I, and I mean that from developers, designers and plugin developers. We're all undervaluing our services and it's not doing our industry any good as a whole, to be honest. It's actually hurting us in a big way. So that's my two cents to add to that as well. Thank you. Yeah, uh, a couple agree. of comments come in. Firstly, um, <laughs> Todd says he's like a like a jingle. Well, I wouldn't hold your breath, uh, Todd. It would be mediocre in the extreme yes. if I was to do that, and it, it in fact might hurt your ears. So let's uh, let's pretend that never happened and move on. the The next one is I think this is Davinda actually. If if it looks like this is Davinda, forgive me, Davinda, if it's not you. He says um, that it matches their Ninja Tables plugin. Do you mean to say that it matches, like it's got what the same sort of UI UX, or matches as in you feel that the the way that they're launching it is in the same way? You know, that did they do a, a lifetime deal? Maybe that's more what you meant. And um, and here we go, Todd Todd again saying that he thinks that WP Managed Ninja is is in it for the long term. Yeah, when I bought their Fluent Form plugins, I I didn't know much about them, so it was a bit of a punt actually. And now that they've been around for, oof let's say several years, I'm more and more and more confident in their their team's abilities. And I think they're going to be around uh, for a long time as well. Ah, now, now you're talking. Get Vito Peleg to do the jingle. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. I can feel a... Yeah. You've got to, you know, I recommend see if you can find some of Vito's uh, odd uh, band official videos on YouTube. They're brilliant. I mean, yeah. X-rated, but yeah, you know. I've, I've seen. I mean, it was like full on metal, wasn't it? It was the, yeah. the real, the real deal. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah okay, so plan. okay, we'd have to go for some sort of heavy metal plug-in <laughs> jingle. Mm-hmm. Oh, the mediocrity is. Uh, is it just, suits us so well. <laughs> the mere you know. thought. Rob's just disappeared at the thought of that. His screen has gone black. Hopefully, he'll come back in a minute. His connection is a bit spotty on the inside of the platform. We can, I can see. I don't know if you can, Paul. Mm. I can see like a green bar status of how good that, the no. signal is, and yours is five out of five. Mine's five out of five. Rob's is sort of bouncing up and down so rob if the quickest way might be just to click refresh if you can still hear us um mm. try that, that might uh, can work. I, todd todd uh e jones has just made a comment and um he probably made it almost as a joke because he does have a product which is about um how to make a good about page but it, it's, it's also not a joke as well because I, I totally agree he's uh he says i will say these plugin makers need an about page and i think that's absolutely true because it, it is the case that people look, the, the savvy shoppers now do look on the about page and try and figure out 
okay, what's the history of this company? Who are they? What's their credentials and that kind of thing? And a lot of the time they don't have them. I know our friend David Wormsley, he won't buy anything. He won't, you know, David is a real savvy shopper and he won't buy anything unless he can figure out if these people have been around for a while, if they've got some track history and stuff like that. And if you don't have an about page, you don't have a terms, conditions, don't have privacy policy, it gives off the wrong signals. So I think um, plugin creators out there should should just make sure they're taking care of those little details as well on their websites. You know what? That's a really interesting point because I know that of David as well. In fact, he was the person that put me onto that whole mode of shopping. In other words, if you let's say you click on a a random link or somebody drops a link in a Facebook group or something and you click over there and you, your initial impression is actually this seems okay. I'll, I'll, I'll spend a few more minutes on this website and poke around. His first port of call is the about us page and he wants to see what your credentials are and whether you're in it for the long haul and what you've done in the past. And you are in effect, I, I guess, to use a phrase which is commonly brought out, you're sort of leaving money on the table if you don't do those things because a certain proportion of people are only going to be um, buying your stuff if they if they believe that they can trust you. It's not about showing off how great your product is. It's more about showing off how trustworthy you are. Um, yeah, yeah things like remember, checking the remember, terms and conditions. Uh, go ahead, Rob. Remember, Nathan, people buy, and I'm sorry, Paul, didn't mean to cut you off. People right. buy who they want to work with and not the product. There's five different products out there that do everything. You choose the product based on the team you want to work with today. And I always say that when you're marketing. And the, and the, the guys that put Food Forms Ninja with plug in they do a really good job at marketing. There's, to be fair to them, a lot of plug-in developers don't market market really well and this is where they get into problems and and the about pages Todd talks about quite a bit is part of their marketing and they don't see it that way so they need to start to say okay this is why you need to buy me this is what differentiates me from all those other guys and that's you know if you come across and say oh another social plug-in people just gloss over it and say here we go we don't want to be in that space mm -hmm. and you know, to be honest with you, you got to stand out. And the about page is one way to do that. So Nice. Um, I don't actually know, having said all that, I don't know if this page has got a... That's what I'm checking as well. Yeah. They, they, do, looking... they do have an about us page and it goes over to their, <laughs> uh, their social... Uh... <laughs> yeah, so it, it pops out. You can see the team there. You can... Uh, there's not okay. much they've, they've not put too much about themselves on on there but so i'm sure todd thinks that they could definitely improve that quite a lot and i, I agree as well because you know um jewel uh who's the um founder of as is is really out there and you know he's been on this show twice at least and um you know they could be showing how active they are in the community on there and just giving people um even more reason to think I not only think this is a great product, but I feel like I know the people who are doing it. And um, yeah, there's I was using their I was using their SMTP plugin actually this morning, and I was configuring yeah. it to work with Google Workspace. And you've got to go through their cloud. You, you know, you have to do the the OAuth stuff and all that. And uh, and I was, I was watching the video because it was easier for me than following the documentation. I, I much prefer a walkthrough video than following documentation for something which can be done in five minutes. And I think it was Joel actually doing the video. Um, yeah. I, I'm pretty convinced it was him. And I just thought, wow, that's cool. 
you know, there's the CEO of the company making the little how-to videos about uh, about the product when they release a new feature. So yeah, totally committed, yeah. and uh, and they go on holiday good... with the team. Yeah, if you've seen in their uh, in their Facebook post recently, they're they're all on holiday somewhere, right. <laughs> just taking in the views. It's really nice, especially if you've got a really good personality like Jewel does. I'm not saying that they don't, but just in any scenario, any company, if you've got someone in your company who's one of the leaders who happens to be a really likable personality, just make use of that, make use of that asset because mm -hmm. it is a differentiator for you and 99% of the other products that you're in probably your competing with. Yeah. Uh, here we go. Yeah. As yeah. if to corroborate everything that we've just been saying, Peter, hello. Nice to have you back, Peter. Um, very true. I pay much more attention to developers I like and have invested in and have proven their ability to deliver. Yeah. The difficulty there is, of course, is just making that first bridgehead, isn't it? I guess if you're just starting out, you've, you've really got to go the extra mile and do the About Us page and all that kind of stuff. And then over time, as Peter says, the trust builds and uh, you're, you're your um, your client base is probably made up of largely the same people when you release a new product. Um, Maya says um, about pages, the second most important page on the website. Yeah, nice. You would definitely have a friend in David Wormsley. He would heartily agree with you. Wow, that conversation about that plugin went off in a really interesting direction, didn't it? That was cool. Uh, let's go... Let's go to Cadence next. Let's just do this quickly. Um, this is Cadence Blocks, who have introduced a conditional header. So you can now essentially put awesome. with this thing here, the conditional headers. Um, what do they call these? Are these like little add-ons? I think they're called pro add-ons. Oh, yeah, it says here, pro add-ons. There's a new conditional header toggle, and it enables you to you know, say things like, if the page is this, this header, it's the sort of thing that you've, probably, you've been able to do with a page builder for a little while, but you can now do this inside of Cadence Blocks. That was really all I wanted to say about that. It's a nice little update. Uh, Paul, interrupt me if you wanted to mention that. They've just made it very, very easy to do, mm -hmm. um, which is which is uh, which is yeah. good. Um, Cadence is a, a theme that really embraced the customizer, and I like I love the customizer. I know that often it's talked about this thing that's going to get phased out, but I personally love the fact w w websites that that the web themes or WordPress themes that do this because you can see if you were if you're looking at this you can see one of the screens within. Um, cadence where you can turn on the different modules that you want and then when you've done that you head into the customizer and you can literally start at the top and work your way through the customizer to set up your whole site as you want it get an understanding of what options you've got and what options you don't have and then figure out what you need to patch with other plugins and stuff like that and i think that's a really nice the customizer to me when it's done well is almost like a wizard um, and i think for anyone who's using you know, a, a theme like Cadence to run things like multiple domains, uh, multiple domains uh, pointing to one site for different landing pages. This is going to be a really welcome, a really welcome addition to this particular theme. And like we say, we, we've been able to do this with other tools like Elementor and Beaver Builder for a while. Well, Beaver Thema, mm. necessarily, I, th mm, I would say. Yeah, yeah. Um, but but not everyone knows about these those sort of things to that level. And this is putting this functionality right there in the customizer. So well done to Cadence team. They are in touch with their audience and doing good things. Nice. 
They they are actually they're part of my Gutenberg stack. So as as somebody who uses this cadence box, I'm really happy to see this change come about. So it's a step in the right direction. The more we start adding features like this, the more people will be less resistant to moving to Gutenberg. So well done, guys at Cadence. Good job. Yeah, it is it is really easy now that you mention it. I've not actually tried it, but the way you just described it, Paul, I was really able to, to just follow along what the process would be. And yeah. I think the, the process in Beaver Builder for me is almost second nature now, but that took a little while to embed itself. This seems like it would be much more straightforward for somebody who's just familiar with, you know, it's more straightforward. Mm. I think it's not quite as powerful as no, what Beaver Thema has in terms of the conditions. However, the majority of people that need that extra functionality would be the kind of people that would know how to do it a different way anyway. Yeah. Yeah. So this is putting this kind of tool in everyone's hands. So let's say, for instance, here's a really nice use case for this. So you've got a website with a digital product. You send them to the digital product landing page. And what are you going to do? Are you going to hide the nav because you don't want them to click on the different links? You could yeah. do that. And maybe that's what you're going to do and then create one landing page that has everything on there. Or you could put a an a conditional header in there using the Cadence's very powerful header builder, right? And have uh, anchor links down your landing page or break up your whole sales section for your digital product into a microsite within your own site, keeping that user within those section, those bunch of pages. So it's a really powerful feature for uh, anyone creating websites in a smart way. And this is why I struggle with things like the the block-based navigation. I think it's I'm I'm being short-sighted for sure about this kind of blocks and navigation like that. But I like I just like the way that you do this in a customizer and you do it almost like a wizard and it's almost asking you yeah. questions like, do you want to have conditional headers? Well, I don't yet, but next week I do. So I'm really glad I found out about that. You know, so um, again, just just think it's a really good a good update for the Cadence users. Okay, thank you very much. Right, last little bit on the plugin section. <clears throat> right, uh, just make a note of that. That was one hour and five minutes. We'll have to edit that out. The uh, the next the next. Oh no, Rob's gone again. Just as soon as I as soon as I sing, I can barely describe it as singing. As soon as I do that thing that I just did, Rob disappears. Come back to us, Rob. Um, last one on the plugin section, Elementor. You know, it seems like uh, we, we had a period a year or so ago. Do you remember, Paul, where every week yeah. there was something new coming out of Elementor? That seems to have slowed down a bit. They seem to be concentrating on um, stability and refining the, the the code that's output and all of that kind of stuff. But we've got something new for you. They're mentioning introducing extended e-commerce capabilities. They always do a great video over at Elementor, and they've got a nice here. It's, I think it was, I can't remember how long, but it, you can watch it in just a few short minutes. And it shows you all of the the nice new features they've got. Um, the The main event really is this kind of hovering, floating um, mini cart, I think they called it, a mini cart, which you've seen all over the place. And uh, and that was the, the main thing over there. There was a there was a various other bits and pieces, but you can also customize it inside of Elementor to make it look exactly how you like it. And they've also, that was it, I think. There was a few other things in terms of you can place, this, this here was the bit that I thought was most interesting. You've got dynamic elements that you can put anywhere on your website. So if you've got 
I don't know, if you've got a product which has got um, elements to it, you know, think of a custom field and there's bits of that that you want to put on the website, you can now do that dynamically and insert, if you like, short codes and whatever the product is that is being shown, you'll be able to show those little things. So it won't just be the product title, it'll be any aspect of that configurable product. Rob, I think, has done a runner. So it's me and you. Paul. <laughs> um, what do you yeah. think? Um, it's a really good update actually by Elementor yeah. and and um, do you know the thing I enjoy about this the most uh, the more I see Ben Pines in these videos the more I realize I'm starting to understand his sense of humor and he's a funny guy he's you know he's he, he's in this he's in this video and he makes these little jokes that are almost purposefully <laughs> almost purposely bad but they're funny when you you know when they start when they start adding up that you've seen three or four of them on different videos and and he's clearly aware of it because he's smirking to himself every time that he makes one of these jokes about <laughs> um, these products. And I think the videos are worth it. That if you know that Ben Pines is introducing one of the videos, then I think it's worth watching. I know with Divi, I forget <laughs> the name of the guy who is kind of the CEO of Divi, but he's he's always doing the the update videos, and they're very serious and stuff like that, and very professional. Um, but yeah, Ben Ben's videos are great. Really enjoy those and. I think what we've seen here with the Elementor is um, they have this theme called the Hello theme, which is mm. which basically does nothing. It's kind of like a page builder theme whereby um, it's great if you're using Elementor for building full sites, including including headers and footers. But they're reducing the need for someone. They're reducing the friction to someone jumping into that kind of theme. So, for example, one of the updates they've they've put out here is this um, micro mini cart that goes in your site navigation. It's really and nice. It's lovely mm. and it's uh, pretty powerful as well. And it's got a bunch of options. And you will find that kind of functionality in themes like Cadence and Generate Press and Bloxy and those and Astra and those sort of themes. So a lot of people won't jump into using the Hello theme and they won't use the headers from Elementor because they're lacking some functionality there. So this is this is clearly a couple of updates they're doing here to help remove that friction to even need to rely on a theme that has um uh, other, other functionality that they're slowly building into the page builder and making it a full site builder much like yeah. what oxygen is and we yeah. all we all suspect yeah. that elementor is going for a cloud version so it all kind of it's still making sense going along you know those predictions still seem to make sense Rob, I promise not to sing again because uh, every time I sing, you, you you just sort of drop off the call. Oh, my so, uh, my internet's being stupid. Life in the cloud today. What can <laughs> I say? Yeah. Um, it's no problem. We were just talking about the mini cart and the customization yeah. options coming out in the new version of Elementor. I forgot to say, I think it's three point four. I think is the point number. Um, yeah. And we also touched upon the fact that you've got this mini cart, which you can customize, but also the fact that there's dynamic product elements, which you can drop anywhere in your Elementor website. And if you modify them in the product itself, then obviously they'll then get dynamically changed throughout your website. You you did mention that you, you used Elementor. so I do. I use it a little bit. I think the mini cart's a step in the right direction. I mean, the biggest problem we have with doing Woo sites is the cart and the checkout process. So anything that streamlines the cart, I'm like, I'm good for because I think it just streamlines the design and development process. So I, I think it's a step in the right direction. I think the guys up, up at Elementor are doing a lot of good stuff to keep themselves uh, competitive to like Beaver Builder and Oxygen. So I think, I think it's a good move in the long run for that reason. 
Yeah, there's a couple of extra things which they mentioned, which I confess I didn't read because to me it was all about the WooCommerce stuff, but um, infinite yep. scrolling um, was mentioned as well. But um, I presume that, uh, that that's something that you know, you've seen elsewhere before. Mm. Uh, is that with a load more button? Yeah. Uh, it does mention mm. that there's a load more button. Is it me or did the media library in WordPress just get the load more button? It did. Mm. It was did. That- yeah, because I can't even remember reading about that. And then I was looking, I was in a couple of websites. I was like, yeah, there's a button there now. It's definitely not just me. Um, um, okay, I'm not going mad. That's good. Right, okay. We've got, this one's for Rob. Rob enjoys uh, IT sec. And uh, yeah. we just touch on it lightly, usually. I don't know if Rob wants to mention this one in more detail. We've actually had um, Dovey, who was the, the founder <coughs> of uh, Redux, which is used in so many different places. But uh, WordPress, WordFence this week releasing a piece about the fact that uh, 1 million sites have been affected by Gutenberg template library and Redux framework vulnerabilities. Rob, if you want to talk about this, the floor is yours. Yeah, I'll talk about it really quickly. So a billion, a million sites is kind of big reaching, right? So to give the folks credit at Redux, they patched this right away and they got it done right away. So... If you know anything about the way WordFence um, publishes vulnerabilities, they give the the plugin manufacturers and the theme manufacturers time to get their stuff patched before they release it. So they dealt with this really quickly, um, which is good news for the community. It's been a bit of a tough security week. Um, before you came on, Paul, Nathan and I were talking a little bit about this. We were talking about a little bit about iThemes also released 67 vulnerabilities last week. And then we were talking about the WC, the WHC host in Montreal that was hacked and their backup server was taken out. And they've admitted they were hacked. So it's been a hard week. And all I can say to people is, Update, update, update your sites regularly. Don't hold back. There's no reason. And make sure you have good backups. And those aren't backups that your host takes. Those are backups that you take. Because if you take those backups and the backup server gets hacked, you can pick up and go somewhere else. So that's the two key things there. And I think they did a really good job on this one. So. Yeah, I think I think WordFence were trying to in the language that they're allowed to use, yep. which is you know this is a fairly serious bit of stuff that's happening. But this little thing here, you don't usually see this in their posts. They said uh, the plugins publisher Redux.io replied almost immediately. I don't know what that means, but I'm guessing within a matter of hours uh, to our initial contacts, and we provided full disclosure. A patch version was released on August the 11th. So basically. This this little paragraph here feels like a bit of a pat on the back. You know, there's a vulnerability. That's always yeah. going to be a possibility. But well done for uh, you know, Paul. Did we last week talk about the 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 web hosting Canada thing, the no. WHC thing? Did you hear this story? No, I didn't. So, so there's a web host in Canada called WHC, and I th- I don't quite know how it didn't make it into the rundown, but it didn't. They uh, they during the course of this week they were hacked. And it very quickly became obvious not only were their uh, were their websites a significant amount of their websites were taken down, but also pretty much the backups were gone as well. And so any of their customers who were relying on them to supply a backup were toast, complete toast. And they, I, I just found it almost breathtaking 
the the speed at which it happened. So you could see on Twitter or whatever it was that whatever platform they were using to I should probably take this off the screen. Whatever platform they were using to show what was going on in real time. So you know websites are down. We're investigating it, and then a few hours later, yeah, we've been breached. Then a few hours later, we've been breached, and it appears our backup servers have been taken down as well and erased. And then then like. What they then offered people whose websites had been taken down and there was no way of bringing them back to life. They offered them an, a, a service where they could start again. And then to add, and to add to it more, they're not taking phone calls. They're saying, jump on our live chat or tweet at us. We're not taking any phone calls. Well, they've got customer businesses down and you're not taking phone calls. Like. Uh I mean, I don't know the technicalities of what happened. Maybe there was some utterly remarkable breach that is absolutely brand new and nobody saw coming. But I did find it quite fascinating that a company would inform you more or less on the same day, listen, we've your website's died. We cannot give it back to you. But you just click on this link and start over. Everything will be fine. Just think, wow, that is... That's quite a posture to take, isn't it? As opposed to massive contrition and here's some financial reward because of the mess we've created for you. I believe, Nathan, somebody had inside credentials and don't quote oh. me on that one. Oh. I think it's one of those. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What a horrible story, though. I hope nobody listening to this was in any way connected with that. But <clears throat> All right, there we go. What's the, uh, the, the, the rule with backups? One, two, three or something, isn't it? Like, yep. So, your... yeah. So you take, you need one on the host, one yourself, and then one off site. Um, what I would suggest to anybody is the way I do backups is I take host level backups and I take uh, site level backups. So make sure your eggs are in multiple baskets. Hmm. And by the way, test your backups before you need them. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah, yeah. A, a lot of people take them and never test that they can restore them. Like, make the time. Yeah. The um and the cost of storing data is so cheap now. Um, you know, if you've got a I don't know a thirty day backup regimen or something, it's not going to cost an awful lot for most websites to be to be overwriting the database backup periodically. Uh, anyway, there we go. So what I mean, what you know, if you're using like a, a third party builder like Squarespace or Wix or something like that, you know. You know what? What do you do if something like that happens to a, a section on Wix or Squarespace? I, I don't know. That's I don't think point. you'd you'd think. Oh no, that you know, surely they they can't. That couldn't happen to them. They're too big. But I just don't think anyone is. Any there's always a risk. There's always a risk. So, I think we've uh, I think the thing with people who own their own websites on WordPress as well, you know, small business owners and stuff, they read the marketing of the theme. They read the marketing of the host and. So far as they understand, they're all sorted. You know, it will say backups, it will say daily or this or whatever. The marketing on the sites is never going to say, but there could be a really bad disaster yeah. because, you know, that's just right. a, not going to sell their service. You know, right. so yeah. I imagine a lot of sites just disappeared and that was the end of them and it could have been the end of a, hundreds of thousands of businesses. Like I can, you know, if, if, you, if your small business owner is already exhausted and, then, and they're already on the, the edge then that happens. I might just say that was a message from above. Time to yeah. pack it in. Yeah. But imagine, imagine if you had like a yeah. profitable, fairly decent mm. business and, you know, 
off it it's just gone it's like somebody or burning some your shoe shop research to the online or something like that some you know medical research or it's you know true. phd stuff or something just wiped it could it could be all wiped and, and tough learning lesson for the for those affected i feel sorry for them it was making me yeah. it was making my stomach hurt a bit when we were talking about it because i was just that feeling you know when you know i've screwed up and i've got no way out of this um, yeah and even if I come clean, I'm I'm in serious trouble. <laughs> yeah. Well, well, Being I there. think I think part of the problem is, Paul. People make bad choices, mm. and I know of one case. I won't reveal the client, and I won't reveal who. But they came to me and said, "You know, your your security care plans are too much. I'm gone." And three days later, they were hacked and out of business. Yep. Oh. I've seen it happen. And and you know, and they came back to me, and I said, "Well." Fortunately, I still had a, a last backup before they disappeared. And I said, mm. I can help you, but there's a cost involved. And they're like, really? I mean, people need to be aware that having a website and maintaining that website and securing that website is the cost of your marketing budget and doing business. And a lot of people don't place a budget on marketing dollars. I see that a lot. And yeah. that's part of the problem. We got to keep educating people and say, you know, to survive, you got to have a website. That means you got to maintain the website. You got to update it. You got to back it up. You got to do the plugin updates. You got to do the theme updates. I mean, how many times do you look at a new site that you take on and you say, Jesus hasn't been updated in six months. What's mm -hmm. wrong here? Right. Mm -hmm. You know, I think we got to start to do that. Yeah. 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 The um, unfortunately, the time is our enemy. We're really quickly running out of time. We've got only five minutes or sure. so left. I had this really nice piece that I wanted to mention. This frugal uh, web design, um, sorry, frugal kind of compute thing. But I think I'll save that for another day. Uh, but I will mention the link. It's over. Let me just put it on the screen. It's over at oh I I can't even read that it's it's over on GitHub basically somebody's created a website out of GitHub if you're interested in the environment and the cost of computing apparently computing and the internet runs to about two percent of all um, energy use at the moment so anyway I was going to mention that but I don't think I've got time because you know what the world needs the world <laughs> needs. Comedy pictures of insects. That's what <laughs> the world needs. Oh, Straight cool. into the not WordPress, but useful anyway. I, I actually, I'm not ashamed to say that I think liquid came out of my body when I saw these pictures. <laughs> I really, really, for some reason, this just tickles my fancy. You'll yeah. probably watch this, see these pictures as I roll past them and just be like, yeah, yeah, that's really funny. But I, yeah. I was in bits as I looked at these pictures, and I don't know why. Uh, so here they are. It's on CNN Travel of all places. No idea how this came onto my feed, but here we are. Look, just funny pictures of animals. <laughs> it's just great. Look at it. Looks like a Muppet, followed by... <laughs> It's just a cat. This is great, this is great audio content. This part, I know, I know. It's like a cat that's been <laughs> what looks like. Imagine firing a cat out of a cannon mm. and it hits a window. How how did that cat Splat. get there? It's like spread yeah. eagled against the glass. It's just brilliant. And then uh, that one, not so much. It's a picture of a, a pigeon. There's a super funny grumpy bird in a minute. Yeah. Um, this is like what looks like two. What even are they? Are they like... 
uh, they look a bit like they could be like meerkats or something. That's the right. But it looks like one of them's just fed up and throwing the other one. I don't know what's happened there. Uh, there's a fish which looks like it's sort of really surprised by something. She's got this perfectly round mouth, kind of like, ooh, look at that. Um, don't like that one much. Like this one, it's just like, hey. Yes, yeah, bear <laughs> trying to look all trying to look all cool, just sort of lying down, getting in the jacuzzi. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> just, just, just super angry bird. That's can my you favorite. remember? Can you remember that grumpy cat meme that did the rounds? Yeah. And that there's this this cat, and no matter how they photographed it, it always it just had a grumpy looking face <laughs> this bird takes the biscuit it's like it's like something out of a science fiction novel it just looks evil yeah um some polar bears one of them in the background like being totally ignored like hello over here i'm drowning uh a bird coming in sideways and then they they're probably less funny from that point on but i just thought they were lovely there's 12 isn't there there's 12 yeah, yeah. go and have a look in the show notes please i just they cracked me up um Right, let's move on. Let's do Paul's one. This, Paul, is mm. fascinating. So it's the world's biggest gaming controller. <laughs> it's about the size of a bungalow. Why Why have you put this one in the rundown? What's well, this? It's either the world's biggest gaming controller or it was created by the elves from Elves and Shoemaker fairy tale fame. <laughs> or it's just a marketing picture to sort of suggest that a lot of engineering went into this uh, PlayStation controller, which I think it might be that one. <laughs> it might actually. be that one. Yeah. yeah. And um, it's got, could you zoom out just for a minute? I can't remember how oh, to pronounce yeah. this thing. I've just put it in as my pick of the week because I've been playing a lot of PlayStation in the last uh, couple of weeks. I, I'm normally an Xbox player, but I, I recently bought a PlayStation as well. And uh, I needed a new controller because the one that came with it was, wasn't very good. And um, I, I researched and found this Razer Raju Ultimate. And it's the best controller I've ever used. I really like the Xbox standard controller. I've also got an Xbox Elite controller. Just in fact, it's here. This is my office Xbox. And office this is the, Xbox. yeah, I got nice. a few. Uh, this, is the, this is the Xbox Elite controller. But this piece of kit from Razer, is just so great to use. Why? Why is it great? What it, is it? It's just perfectly balanced in your hand. Oh. The way the buttons press is just, just so natural. They, I think this picture where it's showing these engineers working on it is 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 what this picture is saying is that serious engineering has gone into this. This is kind of like the, you know, as if Elon Musk created this thing. It's just right. Um, it's just so if anyone's got a PlayStation or an Xbox, I think, and you and you need a new controller, check out the Razer controllers. They are a work of genius. It's it's at Razer R A Z E R dot com, yeah. and uh, bizarrely, it's got like the what looks like the Isle of Man logo on it. Uh, it's not <laughs> quite the Isle of Man. I think logo, they're snakes or something. Oh, okay. But, um, Can I ask a question? Hmm. I'm ignorant. Hmm. Excuse me. Um, why why would you want both an Xbox and a PlayStation. What, what's the benefit of having both? Do they do well? We play a lot of games in this house, right? We've got three Xboxes in this house: <gasps> two, two Series S, one Series X. Okay. There's three Nintendo Switches, and but what happens is it's a bit like you know the hosting company is buying out the WordPress plugins, yeah. 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 So Sony is PlayStation and Microsoft is Xbox. 
and each of them have certain ex games that are exclusive to those platforms and those particular games that are exclusive are often the best games oh. and so there is a series of games on playstation which is my not my first choice i'm more of an xbox player that i really really wanted to play so i bought myself a second hand ps4 pro because i couldn't get a hold of a ps5 and that and because of the second hand the, the controller was a bit tatty and i thought I'll, I'll get myself a good controller and and uh and got this and i'm really pleased with the games that i'm playing on the playstation I'm playing a game called ghosts of tushima at the moment which is so relaxing for a game all about killing people in as a samurai um <laughs> But it's it's a fantastic game. I'm really really pleased with it, and the controller just makes it all the better. I am really I'm really intrigued because you know I don't play gaming, but I can well understand that you know if something's engineered well mm. and it sits perfectly in your hand, you can yep. just totally get it straight away. The the difference is I'm sure phenomenal. So does it like enable you to dare I say it play it better, yep. or is it just simply yeah, it it's does. more comfortable and you it get does less allow you to play it better? Wow. Because it has some secret buttons underneath that you can map to certain things. So oh, if you can that. see like the example is I play a lot of this game called Fortnite with my uh, daughter. She loves playing that. Um if you go back to the previous picture, um that one. Yeah. So one of the buttons you often press on Fortnite is that on that in the, on that kind of a directional pad over to the the far left there yep. is is one of those buttons but you need to take your thumb off that thumbstick on the left for a brief moment when you do it and it can be the difference between you winning or losing an entire game so you can map that button that you want to one of your underneath the controller secret buttons so that you never have to leave you never have to move your thumb off the uh, off the main controllers there uh, so there's little things like that. And so I think all the professional gamers who are in tournaments and stuff like that, they'll use pads like this because, you know, it's coming, it's, it's like the, at the level of, you know, the top tennis players like Roger Federer and stuff, you know, it comes down to absolute minute details in advantage. Mm. And, um, but just, to, I'm not, I'm not a professional player, but these little things really help, um, yeah. Oh, I, I, I love good UX. I love good UX, and this this pad is all about fantastic UX. Brilliant! Yeah. What a nice, what a nice way to uh, to finish off Paul's stuff today, and then we're back to WordPress for Rob's stuff. Rob's pick of the week is Editor Plus. Why have you picked this, Rob? Um, so anybody who's been following me on Facebook or more Twitter will know I'm all in with Gutenberg. I'm in the middle of changing my agency site over to Gutenberg Box. And Editor Plus just makes the block editor a lot easier and adds some functionality. And it would be something I would not move to Gutenberg without. So I mm. would suggest anybody who's complaining about the editor functions in Box and the text editor and stuff, get Editor Plus. Um, shout out to Spencer Foreman. He's where I picked this up from. And uh, it was what finally got me in headspace to say, okay, I need to move the site now. So editor plus, we featured it along a, quite a number of weeks in a row. I think Paul didn't mm -hmm. we? It's Jeff, Jeffrey yeah. Carandang who eventually yeah. went over to Extendify and obviously has rolled it into the offering that they have. Yeah, and I played with it right back at the beginning, and it, it did quite a lot then. And he was talking about the magnitude of what he was going to do. So, what's the one thing that's great about it? What what one feature do you think is just super cool? 
It adds, um, you can add things like emojis. It adds, um, it just adds a whole new styling to your text that makes it easy. And like, I'm a big one when I like to do my text, I style it out. So mm. it just makes life easy. So yeah, so time so it does animations, typography, spacing, borders, backgrounds, box shadows, visibility, shape dividers, icons. Yeah, more features to be added to. Cool. So it, that's press.org forward slash plugins forward slash editor plus. I always say editor and it's not, it's singular. singular. Editor plus. That rounds us out. Um, thank uh, can you. Can I just quickly ask, um, is, mm. is Editor Plus now owned by the same company that owns Redux? Are they all the same, part of the same? I, I believe so, but don't quote yeah. me. Yeah. Their websites look quite similar, so it looks to me like um I'm pretty sure we covered that when it was we did. When it was acquired. It's gone. I it's, think it's, it's a, a Yeah, I've forgotten. So yeah, I mean, you know, they patched that issue quickly. So I mean it's it's all good. Yep. Okay. You know, they're on the they're on the ball, it seems. And yeah, this 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 particular plugin does fill a lot of holes that Gutenberg isn't doing on the yep. user experience front, I think. Yeah. Yeah. Well, nice pick. Nice pick of the week. Yeah. Three nice picks okay. of the week. Um, you know, I still think mine was the best, but there you go. Funny insects. <clears throat> right. That's it for this week. We've got no more for you. We, we do, actually, but we're just going to leave them as floating tabs and they'll never be seen ever again. Thank you so much for watching. If you want to share it, then do that. If you don't want to share it, then, you know, nah. Um, and if you want to stay informed, go to wpbuilds.com and fill out the subscribe button at the top of the page. I would like to thank Rob for joining us all the way from Toronto. It's it's bonkers o'clock over there at the moment, so I appreciate him getting up. Also, Paul, who's here every week, thank you very much. Um, and I'll be seeing you in the real flesh. You on Friday. Yeah, we're going out to... I'm Boggle coming to your house. of all places. Have fun. Nobody will have a clue what that means, but we're going to Boggle Hole, Paul and I and a few other people. So that'll be Maybe really we'll turn nice. the live stream on for a few minutes. Oh, yeah, we should. <laughs> Boggle Hole live. And we're fishing. On WPBells from the fishing boat, yeah. yeah. Uh, so we'll see you next week. Thank you very much. At this point, Rob, just before we leave, would you mind just giving us a wave? Because I like to use that little wave as Yay. part of the album art. There we go. Nice one. Thank you very much. We'll see you again again next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.